Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we want to thank you, God, for this day and this time. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, God, to be in your house. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to come here from you, God, free of fear, but God, to enter your presence, to hear from you, God. Lord, as it was prayed earlier, God, give us ears to hear today. Lord, allow us to hear what you want to say to us, God. God, allow us to set pride aside today and humble ourselves before you like never before. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just move in this place today. Continue, Father, your fresh outpouring, the fresh wind, God. Continue, Lord, to allow it to blow in this place, in our lives. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, if you'll open to Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4 will... Um, the main body of Scripture we're going to be concentrating on are verses 17 through the end, verse 32. Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 32. But over the past month, we have been declaring as a church a few phrases, right? We've been declaring a few phrases, one of them being a fresh wind blowing. That's one of our phrases we've been declaring. Another one has been protecting the presence of God. Another one has been a new outpouring, a fresh outpouring, right? These are things that we have been stating, we have been declaring, prophesying here in the church, in our own personal lives, in our homes, all of this. And the thing is, we are actually seeing these things happen right in front of our eyes, aren't we? We're seeing them. We're seeing them on the news. Imagine that. We're seeing them all over social media. We're seeing it in every aspect of our lives. And it shouldn't surprise us, but sometimes it does, doesn't it? I mean, let's just be honest. It does surprise us sometimes. It's like, wow, God, you are doing a thing. But that's all right, because that's God showing us showing us, hey, what you're declaring, I will do. When a fresh outpouring of God comes and the fresh wind blows and the presence of God fills our bodies, our homes, and our church, y'all, it is very, very important that we protect the holy presence of God. I've said this before, but I really want to dig into that today. We've got to protect his presence. We've got to. The devil will do everything he can to distract and pervert this move of God. He will. If we as believers allow it, the devil can be successful. The key about that is if we as believers allow it, he can be successful. Just as we've been declaring and praying and seeking for a move of God, if we don't continue to keep ourselves where we need to be, we can allow the devil to creep in and then hush and silence and stop the move of God. So if you'll allow me to help explain here for the next few minutes how we can protect, I wanna give you scripture. 
This is something that's been dealing with me about two weeks now. It started last week. So in Ephesians chapter 4, if it's all right, I'm just going to read it all to be able to get full context because I don't want to start halfway through and then not get the full context, okay? Verse 17 says this, Now, this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greed, to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25, therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, here are the keys. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. This morning I want to talk on uprooting, uprooted. Uprooting and uprooted. We've seen a lot of that, right, last Friday. We saw a lot of that. A lot of us had damage to our houses, lost power for what seemed like forever because of an uprooting of a tree and branches. So I was thinking about uprooting. What, what is uproot? Uproot is a verb. And it means this, to pull up from the ground, to destroy or remove completely, eradicate. To force to leave an accustomed or native location. 
to force to leave an accustomed or native location. As I was driving up here last Sunday, I'll be honest with you, when, on my drive up here, I do everything I can to focus <laughs> and not get distracted on Sunday school and what I'm going to teach so I can stay focused. I do everything I can. But oftentimes, coming up the old back roads, I get distracted and I can't stay focused for nothing. And I try, I do my best. Last week, I was frustrated thinking about all the work that I had to do in my backyard. I had a big old massive tree split three different ways. So I'm gonna have to get out there and cut that whole thing up and move it. Yay me. I had another tree that was half bashed and I have to deal with that and trim it up. And that's what I kept thinking. I was like, God, this is really bugging me. I'm trying to stay focused here. Help me protect my mind. And then as I came up the back road, what do I see? Trees, big, small, uprooted, laying over. See where people had to cut their way out, had to cut the trees off the road. I was like, Lord, okay, I'm trying to get focused here and not be frustrated and lose my train of thoughts. So I got here, I pulled in the parking lot, I came in, I went back to sit down to start to study, and as soon as I did, I heard God say to me, the things of the natural reflect the things of the Spirit. And I was like, huh, how about that? So then I sat down and started writing. I wrote two pages worth of just as it came out. But I didn't want to teach on it last week because I wanted to submit it to make sure that it really was a word from God and that it wasn't just me and my mind, right? I wanna say that to say this, there is perfect order in everything we do here in this church as it should be. If God gives us the word, that word should be submitted. It should be submitted to authority and brought under subjection from authority. Pastors, that's how it should be done. That is proper order. And so I submitted it to pastors. And I said, am I crazy or am I just thinking about trees? And pastors said, no, you are right. Go with it. So this week, instead of getting into our study book, I've been thinking about this. And God led me to this particular set of verses. And in verse 29, because I, it's so important that we protect the presence, y'all. That is something we've forgotten about in our churches that we've taken for granted, I feel. We have, we don't take the presence of God as serious as we should. We don't. How can you prove that, John? Mm -hmm. It's pretty simple. Look at church attendance. Look at tithing. Look at everything else that goes on in the modern day church. Look at all the churches who've had to close their doors. Why? Because we're not protecting the presence. We don't yearn for the presence of God like we should. Well, what causes that? Verse 29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths. No corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. How many times often 
Do we hear one section of Scripture or a phrase out of Scripture or two words out of Scripture, and we take that out of context, and then we want to go talk to somebody else about how the pastors didn't get this right, the pastors didn't do this right. Then all of a sudden, you go home and you're ministering in your text messages to other people. Can you believe that they took this out of context? The gossip corners? Talking about leadership, talking about other congregants? That's how we lose the presence of God. Because let's go further on. Verse 30 says this, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit who lives within us as Christians is a person. I want to say that again because that jumped out to me. That jumped out to me. The Holy Spirit is a person who can experience deep grief and sorrow as Jesus himself did when he wept over Jerusalem or grieved on other occasions. Believers cause the Holy Spirit grief or pain when they ignore his presence, inner voice, or leading. They can also grieve the Spirit through unwholesome conversation. Grieving the Spirit. Grieving the Spirit leads to resisting the Holy Spirit, which can lead a person to quench the Spirit. The old saying, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, cost you more than you want to pay. Because you're having your gossip testimony time with each other, bashing people of the church then that will lead to division in the church, then that will lead to hard feelings in the church, then that leads to a certain group of people feeling the same way, which then leads to that group of people thinking they got it figured out, that group of people leaving, splitting a church, grieving the Holy Spirit, and killing a move of God. That's not protecting the presence of God. Verse 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you along with malice. So we know what bitterness is. We all know what bitterness is. We all know what wrath is. We all know what anger is. All that's pretty easy. But then we hit clamor and slander and then malice. So I wanted to look it up. What's clamor? Clamor is a synonym of noise. How interesting is that, huh? It's a synonym of noise. And the definition of clamor is a loud noise or outcry, a hubbub. No joke, that's what the dictionary says, a hubbub. A vehement expression of discontent or protest. That's clamor. What's slander? Slander is oral communication of false and malicious statements that damage the reputation of another. A false, malicious statement or report about someone. What's malice? Malice is a noun. 
It is a desire to harm others or to see others suffer extreme ill will or spite. It's almost like Paul knew what was going to happen in the modern day church, huh? Because come on, y'all, let's be honest. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. And we wonder why the Spirit of God isn't moving in our churches, in our homes, because we're grieving the Holy Spirit by talking about somebody else in church. And it's bad enough when we talk about each other, but then when you come against the anointed, when you come against the anointed leaders of the church, I mean, that just, I mean, that just makes it worse, <laughs> in my opinion. Right? Bible says, touch not what? Mine anointed. It's bad enough that we're touching the anointed that sit next to us, right? But let alone coming against our leaders in our church. Now, it's one thing if our leaders are intentionally leading us astray by not teaching us the truth of Scripture. If that is the case, then there's proper channels to then have that conversation. But if you're just taking one phrase that our leaders have said and then turning it around without digging in and diving in as what I've been teaching and doing your part to know what that means, and you're just saying they're wrong, and then compound it by not going to them and saying, hey, I don't understand this, but you want to go over here and have this conversation and run them down. You're grieving the Holy Spirit, and you are killing the presence of God in and wherever you go. Yourself, your homes, and the church. It is important that we protect the presence. So John, why did you talk about uprooting? Things of the natural reflect things of the spirit. Things of the natural reflect things of the spirit. And I wanna read a part of what I wrote down last week. As I saw the trees literally uprooted, God said, what the devil meant for harm, I meant for good. I am uprooting the old and new ways that are not of me. I am getting rid of all the old established roots of perversion, bitterness, hate, anger, lack of faith, weakness in your lives. Yes, there may be a time of frustrating, wondering what is happening, but God says it is a good work, a work ordained to purify his bride, to fight and march and take back what the devil has stolen from you. Trimming needed to take place for where I am calling you to go. So in the natural, last Friday brought an uprooting and a trimming off of unfruitful branches but these things in the natural reflect the things of the spiritual. God is perfecting his bride for such a time as this. So when the fresh wind is blowing in the atmosphere of church, in the atmosphere of service, and then all of a sudden you feel yourself getting angry and upset, when something is uprooted, it's not comfortable. 
It's not comfortable. Hearing we're wrong is not an easy thing to hear. That's why we have to set pride aside and allow God to work in our lives. But just as in the natural, when that uprooting comes and that tree falls, then what? There's work to do, isn't there? There's work to do. So when the Spirit of God moves and that fresh wind blows and that tree falls and is uprooted in your life, then we need to, at that point, dig into the Word to make sure we pull it out and discard it, put it on the burn pile, and then allow God to fill the hole that was left with his love, with his joy, with his peace, with his understanding. A lot of times, these things that I just talked about, anger, malice, bitterness, clamor, are very present. But also, if you're wondering what's good fruit, what's bad fruit, in Ephesians 6, I'm sorry, Galatians 6, Galatians 6, 16 through 25, it tells you what the works of the flesh are. And then also it tells you what the works of the spirit are. And the thing is, is that there are 15 works of the flesh, 15 works of the flesh. And there are nine fruits of the Spirit. And it is important that we focus on the spiritual gifts and build those up and tear down, tear down the flesh. What are the flesh? Sexual immorality. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Those are all mentioned in Galatians 6. Those are the fruits of your flesh. And if you see those fruits multiplying in your flesh more, then what are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then you need to uproot one or however many of the 15 you may have. Cast them out. Start focusing on the nine of love, of joy, of peace. Total opposite, isn't it? Of bitterness, anger, strife, malice. It's a complete opposite, right? When I was studying outpourings and revivals, I, I told you all this a few weeks ago, but there's always gonna be two moves, always. There is gonna be the authentic outpouring and move of God, the breaking of the dam, the outpouring that comes in the Spirit. But then the second move is going to come when the devil tries to break it up and to distract it and to cause us to get distracted. In the physical, in the physical, isn't it interesting that all the damage in the winds and tornadoes really hit to where the Spirit was really starting to move nation, na nationwide? So in the physical, the devil did his best 
right? The winds blew, caused confusion, strife, bitterness, maybe doubt. He did his best. But if we look through our spiritual lenses and see, okay, I see. Devil, what you meant for harm, God meant for good. The work ahead isn't always the funnest thing in the world to do to clean up. But the fact is, is that when we look through our spiritual lenses and we see the uprooting, let's uproot in our lives what doesn't need to be there. Let's clean up inside of our lives what doesn't need to be there and replace it with what does. Love, joy, peace. Patience, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one to plant and get rooted and grow. Raising my hand, it's hard. Especially that drive coming up the back road when I have somebody driving really slow in front of me and I'm already running late. Sorry, Elder Jeff, I've already confessed. <laughs> it's hard. But patience, patience. You know what patience also? Tearing in the presence of God. Being patient on your knees in the quietness of your prayer closet to just listen to what God's saying. Fruit of the Spirit. To be able to sit and wait on God. Because when we get, when we get ahead of God and try to do it ourselves, we will mess it up. We will. We will. But if we're patient and we sit and we wait and we listen for the voice of God and we allow him to guide our direction and where we need to go, then those curvy ways, like it is coming the back roads, will be made straight. They will. I can promise you they will. The devil will try to throw a tree in your path to block you. But God will stop that and move it out of the way. He'll remove it. So y'all, I'm teaching this with so much love and humility because this is not something that you, this is me too, that I need to learn, that I need to recognize how to protect the presence of God in my own life because it is so important for us today. It's always been important, but in these end times that we are living in, it's even more important to do so now, to protect that presence, to not be deceived by false prophets and false teachings. Because there's a lot of prophet, <laughs> prophesying going on out there right now. There's a lot of talking going on right now. But I pray over each and every one of us discernment in the Spirit but you will not have discernment if you're not in the word. You will not have discernment if you don't have the gifts of the spirit. If you have more gifts of the flesh, fruits of the flesh that are in your life, you could be easily led astray. We, sorry, we can be easily led astray. Not just you, we, all of us can be. All of us. Uproot, y'all. Uproot the bad and allow God to heal. Do the work because it's worth it. Do the work. Do the work. Father, thank you for this morning. Thankful 
I'm so thankful, Father, for your word. I thank you, I thank you, Father, for ministering to us, God. A lot of times, God, what we need to hear isn't the easiest thing to hear. God, what I need to teach definitely isn't the easiest thing to teach at times. But God, you have called us to come out from among them and be separate. God, you have called us out to a higher purpose. God, you are calling us to a different place. And Father, if we want to be on and in that next level, God, we have to hear your voice. We have to be able to take teaching, God, and understand what your word is saying. Father, God, minister to us. Father, I'm begging, Lord, for discernment. I'm begging, God, Lord, that you will move in my own life. Father, ways inside of me that don't need to be there, God, uproot. Father, allow us to focus on you and not on this world. But God, if we do get distracted by this world like Peter was distracted when he was walking on the water, give us, Lord, the ability to set pride aside and cry out to you because, Lord, you will rescue us. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you will continue to be our protector. Father, I ask that you will be with the rest of this service today, God. I pray that you will move in a mighty way. I pray, God, that you'll be with Pastor Caleb, Lord, as he brings the word. I pray, Lord, that you'll be with the worship team. I pray that you'll be with the prayer warriors, the prayer leaders, the elders, the ushers, the security, the children's workers, the youth workers. I pray, God, that you will be with each and every individual person, God, as they walk through that door. I pray, God, that you will move in this place, God. I pray, God, Lord, that you will change our hearts. I pray, God, that you will remove our flesh and fill us with your presence, God. Lord, I love you and I thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, truly thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. And God, I come expecting, expecting miracles, signs, and wonders, God. Salvation, salvation, God. We pray for salvation in this place. For those coming in who don't know you, Father, I pray, Lord, that you will move in their lives, God, and they will accept you as Lord and Savior. God, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.